breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. 535 Uri Drive next to the shops at Bellmead for a free fitting and test walk to learn more about how the Good Feet store can help you find relief. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh Caddo Parish Commissioner Roy Burrell joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Thank you for uh, talking with us this morning. Metropolitan Planning Commission last week held a forum uh basically allowing uh the group Allendale Strong to express their concerns about the I forty nine connector. Although, does the MPC actually have anything to do with this? Do you think that was the kind of a, the correct forum for this? Well, I, I, I question it. Uh, you know, uh, I think the MPC, I, I'm glad that they are interested in, in uh, uh, land use, but that is, from what I understand, over the 25 years that I've been in public service, that the MPC deals with uh, land use. And... Um, Maybe indirectly, I, 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 but I don't see a clear connection there. Uh, I will be asking them uh, about that. I may have them to come before the commission and, 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 and ask us why, why, were they, uh, why did they feel that they were formed for this. Do you, don't you think the decision is kind of out of the local hands on the inner city connector now? Am I wrong to, to say that? I think the actual decision in uh, for it to move forward is out of the hands of of, of, of locals. Although we have a, a very important role and continue to try to uh, advocate for it, um, I, you know, I've talked with a number of people, including the uh, the former Secretary of Transportation, Sean Wilson, and 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 uh, he was here about a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, he, and and the question was posed to him, why, uh, you know, his position on I-49. And uh, he said, well, until you all can get your stuff together here, then uh, I'm sure that they're not going to move forward. Because Lafayette has a similar situation, but he said that they're working to correct theirs. And what really bothers me more so is the fact that if a whole city in which is going through, the, you know, the actual city itself, and they have a heck of a lot more uh, uh, historical site than we do, and they can resolve their problem, but we can't resolve one for just one small neighborhood who should not have built there in the first place because um, they were forewarned. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, you know, this took place back there uh, when I was with Bo Williams. We started this back then, yeah. and that's back in, in, in the late 90s. And there was no houses built there until uh, after 2005. So it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh, to me. So when when uh, Mr. Will, uh, uh, Wilson said we need to get our stuff together, what is he referring to if it's not in our hands anymore? What do, what do we need well, to get again, together? Well, all, although it is not in our hands, but, but I've seen enough of this to know the process uh, to know that if there are still people who are opposing it, and you have and you have political positions out there to uh, uh, to, to to possibly stop that is anti interstate 
folks, and you have a number of organizations now. That is what uh, Cedric Glover tapped into uh, uh, to try to oppose this. And and he's been the only mayor since Mayor Bo Williams, which includes uh, Mayor Bo Williams, Keith Hightower, Ali Tyler, um, uh, our recent mayor, um, Adrian Perkins. And then, yeah, and then and now Arsenal all support this, plus our, our legislative delegation, except Cedric Glover. And and if you go back and look, it was during his administration that they put all these hollies in the path of mm-hmm. I-49. Roy, well, excuse me, Mr. Burrell, I'm sorry if we, we go back go a minute. On. Um, there's a lot of folks that have, that have said, and, and I want you to really cut to the chase, if you don't mind, that doing this, putting this inner city connector through Allendale will hurt development in Allendale. What development is happening in Allendale? Well, I'm glad you asked the question. As I, as I did my research, there's not been a house built in Allendale since the late seventies or the late sixties, uh, they call them 235 homes. That uh, that was the last time something was built there until after Hurricane Katrina. So there is no development. And let me and, and let me say this too. Everybody talk about the 3.6 miles. There's only about one and a half or 1.3 miles of developed area. Everything else is is uh, is open space. It, it, it's it's um, inundated property that can be switched out. So let's stop talking about 3.6. You're only talking about maybe 1.3. Could it also bring, be, could it? Could this freeway, if we finished it, could it also bring good things to Allendale in terms of some development, a great exit to get to downtown where things might start developing? Well, it, it, it surely can. And, and I want the people to Allendale know that I have them at heart. That's the reason why I picked up the project to, to try to hopefully uh, get the project through there, but but we can we can have the interstate as well as uh, uh, a good development where it won't where it won't cut the people from Lakeside Allendale off from, from downtown. They're talking about just to set up a barrier. No, it's just it's just like the Red River. Let's let's not look at the Red River as a divider. Let's look at it as something that can actually bring us together if it's done properly. And I'm and I'm putting that as a caveat. I will not support anything. Personally, I will not support anything unless it is designed properly. And putting five hundred million dollars into a into a, 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 a neighborhood like Allendale uh, and looking at an eight hundred thirty-four million dollar annual uh, economic impact, it can't do nothing but help. Well, especially when you look at economic impact to an area, it. it We've got two sections of a federal interstate that are not connected together that go basically no place. Could eminent domain be something that could be implemented at some point when you're looking at the collective good for the masses as opposed to a, a smaller area? I think it can, but at the same time, you know, that's a bad word. So I don't use it. Uh, because when you talk about eminent domain, you're talking about taking people property. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not for that. Uh, I think that there's a way in which we can we can we can get around that if we can just uh, 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 work with the, work with the people and, and and try to get them to understand this is for the the common good. What about the loop it approach that people have talked about that we just use two twenty 
you know, when people are coming in from the north or south and they go around the city, that you don't agree with that completely, right? Uh, the Lupin approach is, is, a, is really a non-starter. If you go back and, and, and research it, uh, and I think it's also in the study, it costs a heck of a lot more to try to to try to put this uh, 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 interstate around the city than it is to just go through. If you really look at the numbers, they would have to go back and 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 uh, and take take that forty five miles out our curve out of you know out of uh, that loop, which is which is close to I twenty where you, where I twenty comes into I two twenty. They're going to they're have to uh, redo all of the the exit uh, around there. And according to the study, they said that 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 it that is really prohibited. And then. If you and, and the other thing that I, I remember, uh, 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 <laughs> Mr. Glover proposed was to allow it to go to I twenty, then go west all the way out to I two twenty, then curve around. That is stupid as I can. I, I, I can't even say how stupid that appears. Are you worried that uh, this administration, the Biden administration, will never let this section of freeway be built? No, I don't, and I really think that that uh, uh, Governor Edwards ha- has uh, a lot to do with it because uh, uh, although I supported him, uh, he campaigned on it when he came to Shreveport. He campaigned on putting uh, completing this section, and I'm kind of wondering where that support is going. That's the reason why I kind of question, you know, uh, you know, whether or not. Uh, there are people who really want to take the money that we have already set aside in the account, the the, the I-49 North account, which is $7.5 million that goes into that account every year, mm-hmm. and try to shift it all down to uh, South Louisiana. We better be cautious. Mm-hmm. North Louisiana doesn't get its share in the first place. <laughs> and let me tell you, there are people that's looking at their chops. They're looking at their chops. To get any money that's coming up here down there, that's including $100 million. Tires and diagnostics, we do it all. Get more at Moore's. Moore's Tire and Service Center. Online at Moore'sTireAndServiceCenter.com. One seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. You don't say Happy D Day. No, no. Wouldn't say Happy D Day. No, just... but today is D Day. Mm-hmm. Seventy nine years ago, I did the math. If if a soldier was nineteen on D Day, mm-hmm. nineteen forty four, he would be ninety eight. If 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 there are survivors, some mm-hmm. were eighteen. Some are older, but we have lost a lot, unfortunately. They are they are back. They they did a, a pilgrimage to uh, Normandy, France, and there are groups that are there today uh, on the beaches, including some veterans that are still alive. There are mm-hmm. not many, but there are some that are that are there. When when Saving Private Ryan first came out, there are very few movies that you go, I remember specifically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can almost tell you the way the theater smelled. I mean, I, uh-huh. it was 1998. We were on vacation in Florida. Mm-hmm. We, we, we used to take vacations with like Dina's side of the family and 
like four families would all get together and yeah. we'd, we'd get a big house. Um, but we had gone into we'd Destin to, to watch the movie. We said, oh, this is you know, a huge movie right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that, and when the film finished, first of all, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. No. Nobody said a word. Silence, yes. Everybody just got up and filed out. And we were halfway between Destin and Sandestin, where we were staying, mm-hmm. before anybody was able to even say a word. Yes. And, and I worked at Channel 3 at the time. And I remember talking with a good friend of mine, Ron Toma. Mm-hmm. His dad was a medic in the first wave. Good God. Oh. Um, on Omaha Beach. First wave, and he survived. Mm. That's and, and the, Yeah, the fatality rate was oh. astronomical. Mm-hmm. And his dad was a small, quiet man his entire life. Never spoke about any nope. of it. Nope. And and I remember Ron saying we we were talking, and he said he he left that theater, and at that time his parents were still alive. He says he drove straight to his parents' house. And just and just went and hugged and just hugged, yeah. And held his dad, God, and said he yeah. had so much respect. He always mm-hmm. knew. Oh yeah. But until it was, until you saw. I mean, the first twenty eight minutes of that film was the, uh, the the I landings. Know. I know. And it just so yeah, we salute uh, all of our military today. Yeah, active no military, our Absolutely. veterans. God love you. Thank you so much for what you do and what you've done. And D-Day changed the course of that war, man. I oh. mean, it changed the course of that war and ended it a lot quicker than we could have ever imagined. And at what was the D-Day Museum, it's now the National World War II Museum. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the things that struck me the most was the they had these small little figures, soldiers. And each soldier on this display case represented like a thousand Ugh, yeah and it, whereas the americans there were like three shelves of them mm-hmm. and and it was not that exactly but and then the germans it was just case after case almost right right and we won that war yeah and then you know the japanese and, and it's just mm-hmm. like wow it was God. God was with us. Oh, no doubt about it. And and it was that was defeating good versus evil. Yeah. And and wow, it's a, it's a big day in history that the younger generation doesn't even know about in a lot of cases. Well, which is sad. We've got a generation here that doesn't know about nine eleven. You, you're absolutely right. That's yeah. true. Coming up uh, later this morning, Jeff Magner going to talk about the uh, Shreveport Master Plan. Tim. Together, visit traininfo.com to find your local independent train dealer. Traininfo.com. It's hard to stop a train. One hundred one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. My apologies to Tim Magner, by the way. Oh, that's okay. We 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 have a new name for the show. I forgot to tell you. Oh, 
I yeah. haven't heard this. You haven't heard this. Ruben, have you heard it? If what? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you, Ruben. It's Happy Pappy and McCarty. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> happy. Can we get the Boy Scout to do Happy Pappy in the morning? <laughs> How you doing, Pappy? Oh gosh. I like Pappy and McCarty. That's good too. I, you know, when people want to show you pictures of their little grandbabies, and there's a oh, you know yeah. a seven minute old baby, and I'm yeah. like, okay, cute, um, it's, yeah, it's, cute. It's, it's a baby, yeah. you know. <laughs> I don't want to be one of those guys. I know, I know, but you're it, you've got a little this different. This is a circumstance. little different situation. Yeah, so, yeah. That, so forgive me, but that, I'm folks not, that are new I'm on the train. Yeah. Um, Mike's daughter is adopting a little boy in South Africa. She's there now. Yeah, and you. You're She's getting been pictures. sending me some pictures, mm-hmm. and he fell asleep just laying right on her. Oh, oh, just, oh it's his new mama. Oh, he really gosh. doesn't know a mama, though, does he? No. No. I mean, he's been in an orphanage, yeah. correct, all yes. his life, and he's four. Yeah. Oh, man. That's exciting. So, I mean, she's got some work in front of her. Oh, you bet. Does so. he, does he, how much speaking? Uh, Not English, much. Not much at all? Yeah. Um, socialization, much? Very little. So. Okay, so she's got to get with it. Yeah, she's going to have to get with, the, you know, a lot of the reading, and we need to get her some books. Some little Oh, book. they took some books over. Yeah, Dina Did they? Was okay, packing, yeah. yeah. We need to make sure she's all set up for all the all that early childhood education stuff because she's gonna have to catch up. She's gonna be doing a lot of that from home, huh? Oh, oh, I, I'm sure. Yeah. And then because you can't just plop him into an American school and go right. go for it, <laughs> right? Have right. at it. It's gonna, gonna be, be a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. Well, congrats. Uh, we were uh, well. <laughs> We were talking earlier about D-Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to share your thoughts on the Shreveport Security Systems message board, um, you know, feel free. Let you us bet. know. Memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, Auto collision in Bossier City. You can visit them on California Drive. You can also find them online by Googling Crystal Auto Collision Bossier City. One zero one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty later this morning Tim Magner going to join us. I want to kind of touch a little bit on the master plan uh, for Shreveport, but I, I, I inadvertent well I said Jeff Magner and I was like where did I get that? But I was writing our guests down um, and we are, we're going to have uh, Jeff Landry on. Mm-hmm. And um, he had a scheduling conflict. But I think that's what happened. I was writing. Too fast. Going, I was, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the mouth is always going way faster than the yeah. brain for me. So <laughs> um, we, we are going to speak with Senator John Kennedy mm-hmm. later this morning as well. Yeah, lots to discuss with him. The debt ceiling is one of the topics. I also want him to chime in on the Louisiana has a windfall of cash. Lots of extra money that we did not anticipate having, and they're juggling what to do with it. And a lot of it is one-time money. You don't know that it's going to be repeated, right? So you got to make really smart decisions. So you don't want to decisions. fund pay raises, yeah, on one-time money or, Hello. Recur- or recurring expenses, right? Why not? You know, I know paying down the retirement debt's a good plan. Um, why not try to get caught up with some of our backlog of road and bridge work? We had a fourteen or fifteen billion dollar backlog that I think maybe climbed to eighteen billion. Hey, here's an idea. How about I twenty? 
that, yeah. that hasn't been done since like the 70s. They're starting I-20 now. They're well, working, they are over yeah. in Bossier. Mm-hmm. They're going to start doing some. They're doing They're doing some of that work now. They and, need to uh, start at the Texas border and work their way. Come on. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they, that's on the that's on the projects list, but there are so many other things that we have to get done. I mean, I you know I've been it was long before we ever came on this radio station. We were on one of the other stations when we were talking about a Jimmy Davis bridge, and the barn swallows halted it. I remember, and that. it was yes. going to be a twenty five million dollar project. Well, it's now ballooned up to a hundred million. <sighs> if we had done it when it first started. It would have been a $25 million bridge, and guess what? You'd be driving on it this morning to work if you're coming from Bossier into Shreveport. Aaron, I came across, I went across it the other day. I, I don't go across Jimmy Davis Bridge a lot, uh, but I was coming from the Bossier side over into Shreveport, and the overhead truss, it's almost red, the from, whole thing. Yes. It's, it's completely rusted it's over. rusted out. And remember when we voted to paint it? We were going to paint it a beautiful color and purple one. And so they pledged that they were going to paint it purple. Well, that got washed away. Who knows what's going to happen now? Now, the old bridge is going to be turned into a linear park. And when the new four-lane bridge so will be built. So that's a definite, that's a go. That's a go. They've got that on the okay. fast track. They've got a contract. I don't have a problem with that. I, I don't either. I, I do worry about, you know... Will people use it at the price tag you've got on it? Will when, it will when, it be used? But when I re, when I thought about and realized you can tie the the bike trails going down Arthur Ray Teague over the river and tie into the Shreveport bike trail. Absolutely, and you can do that whole loop. And I thought that you know that's a cool idea. That would be cool. I, I, I like that idea. That would be really because cool. I use that. I ride that bike trail so often. Yeah, me too. <gasps> yeah. yeah, I'm up there all the time. Yeah, I ride that bike trail. Oh boy, but it, but it'll be cool to have, you know have some picnic tables up there. Have some you know some places where people can go and just kind of look over the. You can't fish from up there. Obviously, that's too high, right? I ain't a fisherman. I, no, yeah, yeah, no, I don't think you can't fish off of that. I tried to get him to put bungee jumping up there, but I don't think that's coming. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> now there you go. Zip line, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Can I zip line into the water? And I also realized because I, my natural assumption was the uh, the new bridge was going to be south of the Jimmy Davis mm-hmm. Bridge, but it's going to be on the north side of the bridge. Yeah, it's going to be close though because I was looking at that property the other day. I, yeah, they, they was, don't have much land to go up north too far. That's what I was looking and at. And I'll have to realign the 70th Street and then, um, you know, kind of make it a little... Diagnose disease that gets worse over time. Learn more at connecttoyourheart.com. That's connecttoyourheart.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. It's chair aerobics. I gotta stop deadlifting. What? <laughs> Why are you both laughing? Why did you both I'm laugh not, out I'm loud? One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Oh, my shoulders hurting today. You deadlifting is about as as funny as me riding the bicycle across the Jimmy Davis yeah, Bridge. Yeah, exactly. You you doing pull ups from right? one bike trail to another? Yeah. yeah. Oh. If someone said to you, uh, "Happy Pappy." Um, sorry, I love that. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking that's good. Um, you have to do one pull up, or I'm going to shoot you in the left eye. One pull up. Okay, here's the situation. <laughs> <laughs> you can see out what of the had, other eye. What had happened was, 
Um, well, first of all, before before this happened. Oh yeah, I got um, that too. Even even in in junior high and high school, I didn't like gym class. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to say something. I can't believe I'm saying like publicly. I was born with Herb's palsy. Okay. On my right shoulder and arm. Oh, which is what? I'm not familiar with it. Look it up. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just have it. Um, so I don't have the full strength oh. of being able to do that. So in gym class, when we used to do the pull-ups, competitions, oh, and yeah. the push-ups, got to do ten. That. Yeah. Now I could do sit-ups all mm-hmm. day and all night. Right. And I could run my little narrow butt off. Mm-hmm. But doing those pull-ups pull ups. and push-ups because of my shoulder oh. and my arm, I couldn't, I couldn't do them. Like, so you're going to do some, and I could build it eye. up. But. Yeah, you're going to get shot in the eye, aren't you? <laughs> Wait, why? Why am I getting shot in the I eye? I said you have to do one push-up, one pull-up, or you get shot in the eye. Oh well, yeah. You go yeah. ahead. Use, use my right. I couldn't eye. do I'm left it. Left eye dominant. I so. couldn't. I couldn't do it either. Well, I couldn't today. No, not a chance. I mean, I'd have to do, you know. I'd have to get working at it, and I'd have to lose some of this uh, crawfish belly or whatever it is. I don't know, but yeah, it's my shoulders acting up today, and it, it's uh, we had a I had a good PT session yesterday, and they went at it with their sausage fingers and um, <laughs> banana that's, hands. That's a P, that's a PT term. Look it up, sausage fingers. <laughs> And uh, uh, I'm not there yet. You're not there yet. No, I'm getting there. But it, 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 it. They work. They're working it out. They're working it out where I'm getting more, more mobility in it. But as we do, it starts to get. Okay, big boy will be happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cleaned up after my dog yesterday. Oh, good. Thank you. So garbage pickup. I always clean up after my dog, mm-hmm. but sometimes I'll drop it in a trash can there on the street if it's pickup day. Right after they've been picked up, I don't. Good. Yesterday, carried it home. Mm-hmm. Put it in my own trash can. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we understand the app is acting goofy today. Um, we have notified the engineers, and they are on it. They're going to try to figure out what's going on with the app. If you're hearing it and it's getting interrupted, we are well aware of the problem. Legendary margaritas, the Oyster Bar and Grill, at the corner of Line and Piermont, right under the blue awning. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. We were talking about the film industry locally, mm-hmm. and I uh, I was able to participate in a few projects here locally. Ruben did too. Um, Absolutely, mm-hmm. I, I, the most amazing experience for me was being on the set of The Mist. Oh, for yeah. like over a month. Wow. I was uh in trapped in the grocery store. Oh man. Uh, Which was where? Where was that filmed? It was we we did we did a couple of days up in Oil City. Okay. The exterior shots. Okay. But then they recreated that store inside the uh downtown the stage works. Oh cool. Okay. It was incredible. I, I have some pictures mm-hmm. that I took of the the set. Um but Frank Darabont. And it was funny because I had already had a few speaking roles mm-hmm. in, in movies. And that's a big deal. Oh, yeah. 
you get a speaking role and mm-hmm. you are it's 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 a big deal and so when the casting director called me i was on my way to dallas i'll never forget it and he said hey uh they're they're shooting a, a, a you know a film here they they want extras but the director really wants some background extras that can pull it off that can act okay they're going to be an integral part of the story and i'm like ryan thanks man but you know i don't want to go back to doing extra work i've, I've already had speaking roles mm-hmm. and he said okay he says but you know the director is they're they're really you know i said well who's directing and he said frank darabont and i went what day do i show up yeah <laughs> <laughs> the green mile yeah exactly. shawshank redemption mm-hmm. yeah i'm there and after wow. about two weeks or whatever, and, and Aaron, it's so funny because a lot of a lot of background, they don't know what they're doing. No, locally here, they don't know. They're 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 trying to get in the shot. Mm-hmm. They're looking at the camp, and if you know what you're doing, they'll use you. Sure, you know. Sure. And 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 at one point, we were we were herded back onto the stage, and Frank was at Video Village over there, and he looked up. Hey, Mike, good morning. Oh, man. Frank Darabont knows my name. That's crazy. It was wow. pretty incredible. It was an awesome experience. But uh, that, but so it made me sad when all that went away. Mm-hmm. Well, they're trying to bring it back. And they have passed the film tax credits bill, made it through the Senate yesterday. It already passed the House made it through the Senate. Now, it's got to go back to the House for conference, you know, to make sure they concur with the Senate's changes. But what they're going to do is they're going to have $150 million in tax credits. They're going to extend it through 2031. And Senator Sharon Hewitt of Slidell was pushing it on the Senate side. Obviously, she's running for governor. She says this is going to reach well beyond New Orleans and Baton Rouge, which mm-hmm. is what we want to hear in Shreveport Bossier. Absolutely. That it's going to create $350 million a year in salaries and 10,000 jobs across the state. Now, I went and looked at the votes to see, you know, how did it go in the Senate? And it passed by a vote of 35 to 4. And so I checked to see, well, who voted against it? And I found that Shreveport Senators Barrow Peacock and Greg Tarver voted against the tax credit measure. And so I reached out to um, Mr. Peacock to find out why you, know, why you voted against it. And he said, and I'm quoting, they do not benefit the state. There have been studies to see if the benefits, it benefits the state financially, and they do not. Um. And that was the same thing for uh, Richard Nelson, you know, the, the state rep that's from uh, South Louisiana running for governor as mm-hmm, well. He said, mm-hmm. we don't get the bang for the buck. You know, we give up the tax credit, but we don't get that much in return. My my goal. Well, see, I would I would dispute yeah, that. Yeah, I think you get the I jobs. The, the, you get the jobs, but you get a lot of intangibles. Right. That, that don't go down on paper. Mm-hmm. You get 50 cent coming to your town. And guess what could follow him? Other projects that could follow. He sounds like he's working on a long-term deal for our our community with Millennium Studios and the old Expo Hall mm-hmm. and lots of TV projects. So I, you know, I don't know if if the figures they're showing are accurate. If it's just dollar for dollar, how much you know you spend in our community because you're making a film here. 
I think you got to look beyond that. You got to look to the jobs. You got to look to the, you know, every, all the extras that are participating, all the food vendors that provide food and, and everybody else. Well, and, and there's, there's an entire e- ecology that goes on with that industry mm-hmm. that part of the reason it was a lot more prevalent in New Orleans because they had the infrastructure and they were building that infrastructure with facilities and staff, you know, they had crew um, that was readily available. That wasn't in Shreveport, but it was starting to build. Right. uh, Like Millennium Studios at Mm -hmm. the time. You know, we were starting to build that infrastructure when it was all pulled out from underneath us. And we have to think, too, with Film Prize in in operation here in Shreveport, we do have the people that are interested in movie making and filming and doing those kinds of projects. So I'm excited that it will be back in effect and the governor is likely to sign it and it will go back into effect. And we'll watch and see. Is it going to rejuvenate this industry? Uh, You know, I hope so. I hope that Barrow Peacock and Greg Tarver are wrong and I hope we do see a resurgence. Um, you can get all the details right now, keelnews.com. Apprenticeship is now available. Please call the plumber number today if you're interested. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. I just cut you off. Finish your story. No, I'm not telling that one on the radio. That ain't happening. That's probably medical malpractice, isn't it? What I just said. Don't you think? Uh, I don't think that'd be medical malpractice. It'd definitely be uh, against HIPAA regulations. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. yeah, that was definitely. I, I'll t- I can tell it off the. I mean, I can tell it on the air without saying. And and somebody in the medical world, I go into a, a doctor's office and um, to get a procedure done. And the person before me that had the same procedure done, I'm going to leave it at that. I could see their information on the screen. That's crazy. It was see, still that, left up when on you the first screen. Said that I was like, wait, what? Yeah, and I thought, and I could see their name. You know, and I knew the person. Right. And I went, oh, interesting. You left their screen. Who Who's going to see my screen when I leave here? Were they mortified when you said that? Oh, I didn't the say. The medical personnel? No, I didn't say anything. Oh, you didn't say anything. I just ignored anything. it. Yeah, oh. I ignored it. Because oh. they hadn't cleared the screen, to you know, before they started what was happening with me. And um, I guess. And so I thought, I'm, and it was at a, it's been a long time ago. So I, you know, I don't think. Um, HIPAA, kind of the HIPAA laws, today. yeah, the HIPAA laws were not in place then, and uh, I don't think it would have would have happened, you know, today. I don't think it would happen today, but I was kind of shocked when it did because I thought, oh, oh, there's there's her information. Yeah, there's a right person there. that I'm familiar with. She's going through the same thing I'm going through at the same time, and I get to see her <laughs> medical information. I don't think you could get away with that today. I think you'd be in big trouble. If that happened, well, I think you could have probably gotten in trouble then too. I mean, I don't think that would have been a good, you know, standard practice to observe. I did know. I did note in my brain. I went. I wonder if my information is going to be left up on the screen when I leave. Right for the next patient that comes behind me. I thought. 
I hope that doesn't happen, but who knows? But Things that was change. that was before cell phones, even. So you <laughs> that was before cavemen. So yeah, it's been a long, long time. Yeah. yeah, it's been a minute. So it was it was interesting. I I um we have Tim Magner joining us after the um bottom of the hour, and he is going to be in studio with us and. There's a, there's quite the kerfuffle going on with regard to I-49, the inner city connector and the master plan and how it all is intertwined. And I need I'm going to let him kind of unwrap it. But I want to put a bow on top of so it. So how long have they been working on this because I remember hearing about the master plan mm-hmm. for years now. Yeah, and we're and it's time to do a new one for the I think it's 2030 master plan. Okay. And so it's time to do a new one, and it's time to get. But when you have, I don't even want to. I don't want to spill the beans yet. Let's wait, and because there's a lot to it. There's a lot to unwrap. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and 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 I think when we unwrap it, we're going to smell a dead fish. That's what I'm worried about. So, I just, anyway. I just, I got a text from a medical professional. Uh-oh. That said, by the way. HIPAA laws make medical jobs even more difficult. Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah, no doubt about it. So we'll unwrap our dead fish. But is it a bad idea? Do they carry it too far, though? HIPAA laws? Yeah. Uh, No, I I think you have to have some protections. Well, sure. But, I mean, I I know it impacted me because if I were to call a hospital to check a condition of a patient as a member of the news media... It used to be very simple, you know, give me the nursing supervisor. What's the condition of, of happy Pappy Martindale? How's he doing? Uh, he was injured in a wreck or a shooting, and they would give you the they would give you what they could. Now you got to jump through a whole lot more hoops to get the information. Right. And the nursing supervisors are not the go-to. Now they have these media specialists or whatever, you know, at these six-figure salaries. So, eh. I guess it employed a few more people. What? High dollars. Really? The field of urology with a doctor from Ochsner Regional Urology, presented by AARP Louisiana and Bears Town and Country. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, uh, just in front of our conversation with Tim Magner. Very interesting. Uh, they're looking at doing a new Shreveport master plan. Visit clico.com slash what matters. That's W A T T matters. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and and this is this is the classic. Save it for the radio because now we've been. We, I know we, we have we, so much. I know there's so much to cover. We got to start with the letter. Let me let me introduce yeah. Tim Magner mm-hmm. is in studio with us this morning. Uh, you're uh, chairman, CEO, president, president. Grand Poobah. Mm-hmm. What is it? the <laughs> president of the uh, 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 Shreveport Chamber of Commerce? Thank you for joining us this morning. Good, great to be here. This is. Uh, Tell it now. Tell us about first of all why why is this coming up even this this proposed uh, update to Shreveport Master Plan the nineteen uh, uh, the thirteen 
Good Lord, 2030, 2030 yeah. mm-hmm. master plan. Right. So the so the 2030 master plan uh, has been has been around uh, actually for for quite a number of years, mm-hmm. and I guess uh, the the MPC has decided that now is the time to update it. Um, I'm not sure uh, what the urgency is, but but they've they've decided that they want to update it, and so um, they put out an RFP um, allegedly, and um, there there was one respondent. And the one respondent happens to include um, two subcontractors who uh, are in a rela- uh, who are in a business relationship or at least an organizational relationship with the chair of the MPC. So, you know, I mean, I was a Fed. We we've done RFPs. Usually, when you get one response, um, you go back to the drawing board. You, you say, "Hey, reboot. look, you know, sure. yeah, we mm-hmm. wanna, we really wanna." Uh, take a look at this uh, was the was it too restrictive did we not advertise enough did we not were we not clear about what we were looking for and you know we when we've done it at the chamber i've done it as a fed uh you go back to the drawing board and you and, and you reopen it and you can still you know depending on how you you write the rules you can still use the ones that that have come in before um but in most cases that's a very um it, it, it's not a good it's not a good way to to do especially government businesses to have a have a single respondent uh, the the request for proposals the company that that is the only bidder i believe is from austin mm-hmm. and they have subcontractors that would would be community renewal and richards creative Correct. what would those two entities do for this update for this master plan update uh, it's not clear what what role they would i mean richard creative does websites and stuff mm-hmm. and so um you know they, they've done the website for allendale strong so I, i'm assuming that they would do some kind of web or or, or graphics treatments mm-hmm. um community renewal I, i'm not sure you know i my experience with community renewal has been the friendship houses so i don't i don't know what what and role they have they would built play. many friendship houses in allendale uh, well, they've been at least built at least one in, mm-hmm. in Allendale, um, but but um, you know my understanding is that that you know community renewal has a has a very different um, role than as a subcontractor to uh, you know an architectural or, or, or design firm. But again, I, you know the 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 point I guess from our perspective is that the master plan is the distillation of as you said a, a long time process of community the community coming together to define um a, its goals for the future mm-hmm. where to, we want to go and to put that at risk with with um both you know only having one respondent a and b you know the, to me there's a at least an appearance of a conflict of interest when when the chair and the the groups that the chair is is um, promoting are the subcontractors or are involved in the, the subcontractors uh, for this. Um, you know, it, it already, in my view, um, starts it off on a weak footing. It, it, call, it could call into question whatever this group comes up with. So I think in, in, the, in, in the contractor's interest, if I was the, the only respondent and I knew about this, I'd be like, hey, you know what, we want a fair process. We, we, we want to fight for this. And if it turns out that we're the, we're the best um, across the board, that's great. Then it seems to me you can, you can defend the process. You can defend the, um, the group by saying, hey, look, they went through a transparent process. They were, they were clearly the best, not the only, but the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then we're, in a, we're in a position to, to have a, a, a much better dialogue about how the process goes. My understanding is that the MPC is supposed to vote on whether to accept this contract tomorrow. 
and you know well, our, that was my next question so what's the next step there is a vote scheduled for tomorrow tomorrow I on think. whether or not to accept this one this one proposal co- correct and so that's why we you know we wrote a letter to to uh, mr clark and to mm-hmm. uh, the mayor and basically said hey look you know, we just think this. You need to reopen the process. These folks can rebid. I, you know, I don't. I, I don't want to cast any aspersions on the on the qualifications of the Oscura Robinson folks. They they may be great at this, but I think that you know to to only have one and to have the questions about the the relationships between the subcontractors and you know an advocacy organization that you know seems very divisive in this community. It seems to me a, 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 an own goal, if you will, for the MPC. The 2030 master plan, as it exists, I'm looking at it now, mm-hmm. does it not pitch and, and propose finishing the inner city connector? Yes, it does. And this update, the concern is this update might completely change that. Well, especially when you look at, again, I mean, you know, all of this is circumstantial, but you look at the chair of the MPC, who is an avowed um, uh, advocate for and a member of the board for Allendale Strong. You now have two subcontractors um, in the in this um, in this bidder uh, who are also, um, you know, advocates for vocal advocates for um, Allendale Strong. And, you know, um, logic would dictate that they would want to put their particular perspective into the master plan. And I think when you have what is, um, you know, a, 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 a marginal view uh, in the community, I mean, 96% of the people who went to all of those multiple meetings, 10, 12 meetings, are for this this road. It's in the master plan. And to have, you know, this sort of, you know, to have a scenario in which that minority view can suddenly be, you know, inserted into something that is supposed to represent the broadest community view through what I would argue is um, sort of a- at least a curious process. This sounds like crap that would go on in Chicago or mm-hmm. Detroit or something like that. It's it's sad, Tim. It's what has happened. Well, again, I mean. You know when you, um, you know the people who are chairs of organizations have have a certain amount of discretion, and all we're asking is that the the chair, the director of the MPC, and that the MPC board, you know, essentially hit the reset button on this. You know, these folks, if if they wanna if they wanna apply again, that's great. But I think we have to have we have to have at least more than one option. And we have to have an option that uh, that at least isn't as apparently compromised as this one is. But while we're fighting among ourselves, um, the money could be going away to Lafayette or to other parts of the state because you have a lot of state leaders saying, "You guys have to get your act together up there before we sign off on this." Well, I mean, that's a problem. There was a there was a um, an amendment to SB one forty six just this term that you know mercifully failed, but it would have taken the money uh, away. So, yeah, I mean, what what I guess is is you know they talk about. You know, cave people, citizens against virtually everything, right? They mm-hmm. they don't like what, 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 the way things are now, and they don't like change. And what we've got now is, you know, the the folks at Allendale Strong they they've put um, uh, they've gotten reporters who are who share this agenda from around the country. So they've gotten one article that says, uh, you know, I forty nine will ruin the community, and they've got another one that says 
not doing it is ruining the community. <laughs> mm. And so, you know, I think what we, what we have to look at here, there's, there's, a, there's a thing called correlation versus causation, right? Correlation is you make your, uh, your sausage balls and the mm-hmm. saints win, right? Right. Those two things happen, but they didn't happen together. You, I'm, I'm, I've mm-hmm. never had your sausage balls, and I understand they're great. <laughs> but um, I don't think that's the I reason the that. saints win, right? <laughs> right. Um, no, you're right. And so, and so that's the same, same situation. Um, there was a comment that was, you know, yesterday about how uh, I-49 divided um, Cedar Grove. Well, if you look at the maps, look at the maps, 1899, okay, we have a map of the railroads that that were Shreveport used to be the confluence of five separate railroads mm. okay those railroads go right down Cedar Grove was actually built around the railroad okay and and I49 follows the railroad mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. way down until right. Florida Lucas mm-hmm. so the, i mean the divisions are there did did do did two things happen yes did they cause one another no you know when you look at what Allendale Strong is advocating for. They have this this thing called strodes, right? These 45-mile-an-hour things that they say are bad. They say what's good are streets, you know, going 25 miles an hour. What's good are, are is separating through and downtown traffic. Yes, we're saying the same thing. They're saying, you know, 25 miles an hour is good, 70 miles an hour is good. Great. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about a highway that runs along the edge of a neighborhood that has been disinvested for uh, two generations. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at when, you know, in, in 1960, I, there's four different, um, there's four different uh, uh, census tracts that make up Allendale. When you look at that, in 1960, that's the first year for which we have census tract information. There were about 34,000 people in Allendale. By 1970, there were 16,000. Okay, mm-hmm. there was a huge depopulation that happened uh, around the country. You saw, uh, you know, urban depopulation is a you know, long was before a we started was, talking about I forty nine fifty years yeah. ago, right? And 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 every decade, if you look at the census data, uh, Allendale has lost about twenty percent of its population. Mm-hmm. It's now down to less than four thousand people. Okay, but the, the the issue here is the biggest issue that we're facing is not sprawl; it's the fact that we cannot. Um, dispose of adjudicated properties the adjudicated property process we have 14 over 1400 acres of adjudicated property we have thousands mm. seven eight nine thousand adjudicated properties and the problem is you can't clear title because uh-huh. the process if, if you buy if you buy one of these properties at tax sale right you basically buy a tax lien and up, you can you build a house on it. Three years from now, somebody can come and say, "Oh yeah, my grandfather, you know, left me a fractional percentage mm-hmm. of that." They get the land back, and so. But businesses aren't looking to buy land in that area. Well, there's no development going on in that area. Well, I would argue though that part of the reason for that is because. The reason why we're building outside the city is because it's easier, because you can clear title, because you can get at, you can own the land. No, no developer is going to buy and build houses if they, don't, if they can't own the land. So when you look at neighborhoods, you look at neighborhoods like Cedar Grove, you look at places in Allendale, there are, there's um, land available. There, there could be development there. But the biggest issue that we've got is the adjudicated property uh, process being able to clear title. So we could do a whole hour. Oh, on I this. know. There's, I know. there's so much here, and and what's what's really disappointing about it is there's so much um, there's so much confusion. I'll call it mm-hmm. because 
you know, and because folks don't, for for some reason, they've decided they hate highways. Yeah. Can you come back after the MPC meeting? Yeah. After they and, and that is when again? It's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay. So we'll have you the have day. Have you after. gotten a response from your letter though? Uh, I got an acknowledgement. Just an acknowledgement. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> we got it. Yeah. Uh, we we, uh, we will this. do it uh, after their meeting to find out what they've done, and hopefully they have rejected this proposal and they're going to redo. I, I, that, that's what we would hope. Okay. Do you expect that? I, I, you know, honestly, I, I don't know. Uh, okay. It would, it, it will be disappointing because I think what it will, what it will do is it will create, it will create a cloud around the uh, the master plan, mm-hmm. uh, and and I think that's not something we need right now. It's free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash f r e e. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Seven FM seven ten Keo. Uh, uh, thanks to Tim Magner for coming in, uh, trying to make sense of this. For me, I, uh, again, I'm like Michael Scott. Explain this to me like I'm seven years old. I know it's a it's a um, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's no, it's huge, it and, really and is. it's very frustrating mm-hmm. that that we're dealing with this type of questionable behavior yeah it's frustrating and you know you you only got one response to your rfp you really need to regroup and do it again and and i need somebody to explain to me why are we updating the uh master plan why are we even doing this to begin with why is it 318-255-1332 or visit markjohnsonplumbing.com another problem solved by mark johnson plumbing One hundred one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline with the uh, MPC Bill Mitchell joining us. Good morning, sir. Bill Robertson. That's what I said. Bill mm-hmm. Robertson. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mike. Us. How are you? Doing well, thank you, sir. Appreciate you uh, jumping on here short notice like this. No problem. Happy to do it. Bill, um, Tim Magner was in last hour and um, raises some concerns, sent you guys a letter with regard to the uh, RFP for the update of the master plan. Uh, Questioning first, why is it needed now? Why do we need an update to the master plan? My understanding, Aaron, is that the master plan is more than 10 years old and the uh, city feels like it needs to be updated with some new information when you say I the city the city who is the city is this was this a directive of the mayor was it a directive no, of the no. mpc director well the mpc has a certain amount of autonomy from the city uh and so i think it's primarily an internal thing but but the mpc is largely now a city uh, agency after the um the loss of the five-mile territory in that legislation that passed several years ago. So uh, when I say the city, I mean the NPC broadly, but 
basically, the master plan is more than 10 years old, and there are some things that need to be updated. There have been some allegations made, and I, that's why I called you, against you directly, um, that it's a conflict of interest for you to serve as chairman of the MPC and as a representative of Allendale Strong, that those two kind of cannot coexist. You disagree strongly, I guess. Well, I understand the concerns, and I think I didn't make it real clear to the audience that I have an affiliation with Allendale Strong when we had our special meeting last week. But that's no secret to the staff and the other members of the MPC. I've told them from almost the beginning of my service there that I have a sympathy for Allendale Strong and what they're trying to attempt. And when they came to me and said they have some concerns about conflicts, between uh, the city's master plan and the transportation plans that are followed by the Council of Governments, I said, well, let's hear it. Uh, We'll give you an opportunity to speak. And so that's what happened last week. Talking with Bill Robertson from the uh, Shreveport Metropolitan Planning Commission. Bill, with the uh, RFP only getting one response, uh, I, I... I hear you guys are taking a vote tomorrow. Are you planning on rebooting now, or, or do, you, do you expect to push through and accept this one, or, uh, this one proposal? Mike, I'm going to listen to the staff and what they have to say. Uh, I would certainly be more comfortable with more than one proposal. I'd like to see other firms get involved and give us some competition, but I don't know all the details, and I don't know the time frame that the staff wants to pursue in terms of updating this plan. So I'm going to play it by ear uh, tomorrow when I hear from staff. Your meeting last week got very sideways. And I'm going to quote Chris Elberson, an MP, one of your fellow MPC members, who said, quote, I'm unhappy that you have characterized pro-interstate people as propagandists and racists. Mayor Arsenault said, I agree with Chris. I felt insulted. Did that meeting go too far? I don't think so, Aaron. Uh, There's a history of uh, racism involved in the placement of interstates all throughout this country. And uh, uh, the inter, excuse me, inner city connector for I-49 has been on the books for decades, but it's never moved forward. So people who want that, people who want that freeway, you think are racist? The federal government canceled that project in the 1990s for several reasons. Number one, it goes through a inner-city neighborhood, mostly African-American. It also goes through a wetlands area in North Freeport, and we have a loop already. We have 3132, and we have Interstate 220. So the feds canceled the project. What I'm saying is that Interstates never really should have gone through cities. They should stop at the edge of cities and allow the surface traffic to go on surface streets and let the through traffic go around the bypasses. We're fortunate we have a bypass. Uh, a number of cities have bypasses already. So there is racism involved in the placement of interstate highways. That's really undeniable. And the uh, the parties that raised objections at the meeting last week, you know, they're viable objections. If you want to talk about that, we can talk about that in a lot of detail. 
detail. But Bill, saying but, uh, planning an, an interstate is racist. I mean, with the with the makeup of Shreveport being sixty percent black, no matter where you route it, it's going to cut through a neighborhood. It's going to really cut through an cut urban through area. No freeway Free, should so no think, freeway should exist, Bill. No, you guys aren't aren't listening to me. Freeways should not go through cities. They should go around cities. Now, listen, that's all done. Interstate 20 cut a big swath right through right. the middle of Shreveport in the 60s, and Interstate 49 did the same thing for South Shreveport. They don't enhance neighborhoods. They destroy neighborhoods. And what neighborhoods do they pick? They pick the neighborhoods that are least politically able to resist. You don't see interstate highways going through Broadmoor, Southern Trace, right? You're right. South Highland. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just don't. But, but I think it's important for people to understand that uh, uh, the federal government imposed this regime on all the American cities, and that what they were doing was disconnecting transportation planning from land use planning. We have land use planning at the MPC. We plan neighborhoods, we plan rezonings, et cetera, et cetera. And, and when, you, when you build freeways through cities, you blow all that apart. And so uh, that's the, the legacy we're living with now. It's a very difficult legacy. If you don't think so, ask anybody who came up in Allendale or Crosstown or Cedar Grove, uh, any number of, of communities that were divided by these highways. So we've got to we've got to deal with that, you, and we've got to decide if we want to keep doing it. You said the federal government canceled inner city connector. Then why are we still fighting over it? It's not completely dead. You'd have to ask the, the committee of one hundred and the chamber of commerce that question, Aaron. You should have them on and ask them why they want to build this road that nobody needs. You know, there's people that are going to disagree. They're going to say people do need it, that the master plan doesn't need to be updated, and that this is just an attempt by some people to change the master plan to delete the inner city connector from it. Is that an ulterior motive that you've heard people talk about? Uh, No, I really don't think so. Uh, uh, The staff wants to deal with a variety of aspects of the master plan, and uh, uh, transportation may be one of them. I don't know. If it's up to me, I would certainly ask land use planners to evaluate the connector. It's a three and a half mile road, and it's going to cost almost a billion dollars, and it goes through some some very tough territory. And <clears throat> let me just tell you this, Aaron: the tiniest little rezoning, the smallest little subdivision project that comes before the MPC gets a multi-page staff analysis, multi-page. When the commission in 2016 endorsed the connector prior to my arrival there, uh, there was no staff analysis at all. They just rubber stamped it, a resolution of support. So what I'm saying is that freeways going through cities are destructive and disruptive. So they need to be evaluated first so that we can make the best choices for our community. The, the update of the master plan doesn't directly involve I-49. It may be part of the mix. I don't know. When the master plan was updated in 2010, the consultants who were hired were told not to deal with 49. Now, why is that? Bill Robertson with the MPC. What time is your meeting tomorrow, and can the public attend the meeting? All our meetings are public, and it starts at 3 o'clock. 
at Government Plaza. We welcome the public input. And they can speak at the meeting. Is there a time limit, three-minute time limit? That's correct. In the field of urology with a doctor from Ochsner Regional Urology, presented by AARP Louisiana and Bears Town and Country. One seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty <laughs> talking about this uh, the the master plan for Shreveport the twenty thirty master plan mm-hmm. that's already in effect and why why are why is the uh, MPC wanting to update it now uh, and I got a text saying that the master plan does not include the I forty nine inner city connector I beg to differ. I'm looking at it. It's got a picture of the I-49 inner city connector, and it says, quote, the I-49 North Extension Project provides an important link for Shreveport to the rest of the country. Now, maybe they're talking about the northern portion, but they have a picture of the inner city connector and finishing it off. I've got a text from somebody who was involved with the master plan, said this was done with huge community input, and I mean huge I was chair, and we followed through on council and commission desire for community input. This is unbelievable. It's another way Allendale Strong moves the goalposts for inner city connector. The support for the connector is widespread. The community has supported this for decades. Mm -hmm. The inner city connector stage zero feasibility study and environmental inventory was completed in May 2010 to examine potential routes and the impact. I mean, it talks about how it would propose freeway would connect I-49, I-20 interchange to the I-49 north. It's very prominently mentioned in the 2030 master plan. Will this update that they're proposing, will that change that? Will that take, you know, will that say no to the inner city connector with this company out of Austin um, that has sent a proposal in? You know, you it, it only ha- makes you wonder... Is the fix in? It just smells fishy. Uh, it does. And, and the meeting scheduled tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Uh, the, it, it, the public is welcome to attend. Mm-hmm. And if you want to express your opinion, you'll have three minutes uh, during the meeting to be able to do so. You've got to sign up ahead of time. Don't forget. Sign up and then go before them and talk. But to say that, in, that the interstate goes to go through a town, tears up the town, the interstates are here. Mm-hmm. You know, you the interstates are here. It's already a done deal. Right. And and like Tim Magner said, the interstate, you know, 49 follows the railroad system that yes. was here. It was a, what was the word? He said a confluence of five different railroads. It's a logical choice. At one time. Mm-hmm. 49 I, is done. We just need to finish it. I can only hope, and, I, and you know, I, I know this doesn't go over well with the Allendale Strong people. I can only hope and pray that if when it is finished, and I'm hopeful that it will be, that it does help Allendale, and it and we do get the issues with the property ownership well, sure. and all that solved, and that it could bring development to that part of our town because that would be huge. Set, work out where there's an exit ramp. People mm-hmm. can enter that area. Yes. You want to know how to kill a city? An inner loop. 
That's how to yeah. kill a city. Because then Hello, you stop. Hello, Alexandria. You stop all that traffic right. from going into your town. Mm-hmm. Now I, the traffic that's coming from the west is going to cut off and go around your city. Yes. And then pick up on the other side of your town. I have spent 40 years here with family in Baton Rouge. And the years I had to go down Highway 1 to Baton Rouge, I would often stop, stop in Alexandria. In that's right. Now where do you stop? When's the last time I've stopped in Alec? On that one exit right on the outside of Alec. Yes. Or where there's a... Where there's a gas station and a Burger King. Or on the other side of Alec or on at Natchitoches. One of the two. Never again have I stopped in Alexandria. Because they two, did a bypass. Yes. A bypass completely bypasses the town. It's crushed Alexandria. If the truth be known, that that town's been harmed by what happened there. In the field of urology with a doctor from Ochsner Regional Urology. Presented by AARP Louisiana and Bears Town and Country. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, just ahead of Latex Garage Doors with Clope Building Products, building relationships one door at a time. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, we are always honored to have Senator John Kennedy joining us. Senator, good morning, sir. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Aaron. Morning. Thank you for talking with us this morning. Let's talk a minute about the debt ceiling. Where where are we, and and how do you feel about the agreement? Did uh, did um, Speaker of the House McCarthy, did did he fight hard enough for us? Well, I, I thought the Speaker and his team on the Republican uh, side in the House uh, did a wonderful job. Um, they put together a plan. Uh, they, it wasn't a perfect plan, but it was a good plan. They forced President Biden to come to the table. If it were up to President Biden, he would have just raised the debt ceiling, uh, taken out a second mortgage or a reverse mortgage on Alaska, and just kept on spending. <laughs> um, the, 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 the spending and the debt doesn't bother the president. Well, Tom uh, Selleck says those reverse mortgages are good ideas. Yeah. You voted well, against it. I mean, what, what were the biggest sticking points for you? I, I just didn't think it went nearly far enough, Aaron. Um, first of all, we spent a lot of extra money during the, the pandemic to keep the economy and people afloat. We spent a breathtaking amount of money. After the pandemic was passed, we should have gone back to our normal spending. Still too high, but better than the current spending. Uh, this bill didn't do that. It normalized or in, institutionalized or made permanent all the extraordinary pandemic spending. Number two, 
it didn't do enough to reduce that over the next two years until uh, the new debt limit um, runs out. It will will borrow another four trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, a breathtaking amount of money. Yeah, but but Biden was allowed to keep his student loan payback program. Uh, the IRS agents, are they still planning on sending $7 trillion to the IRS? I mean, what cuts were actually made? Um, they were very insignificant. That's what I was um, afraid of. And, and again, I, I don't want to to criticize Kevin and his team too, too harshly because they got the president to the table and they did pass a plan. But they were forced, or chose to, depending on your perspective, to water down their plan uh, so much that, to me, the, the watering down the soup made it no longer soup. The other mistake mm-hmm. that, that was made, um, everybody knew that this June 5th deadline set, I think, arbitrarily by Treasurer Yellen, was a fiction. We weren't going to default on June 5th. We had plenty of more time, not unlimited, but a lot of time to continue to negotiate. Interesting. But the leaders, frankly, of both the Republican and the Democratic Party pretended that June 5th was a hard deadline, and it was not. Senator Kennedy, can we turn our attention to in-state where we're flush with cash? We are rolling in dough right now. And you, mm-hmm. you were our state treasurer for a long time. What would our U.S. senator tell our lawmakers and our governor and our other leaders about all this cash we're rolling in in Baton Rouge that they're trying to find ways to spend it? I would tell them don't waste it. Look, um, Louisiana state government has more money at the moment than it's ever had since Louisiana became a state in 1812, adjusted for inflation. I know, because Congress sent most of it to Louisiana, and I sit on the Appropriations Committee, and I know every penny that goes out the door to Louisiana. We sent about $50 billion to Louisiana during the pandemic. Half of that went to uh, state and local government. Half of that went to people and stimulus checks. I would tell the legislature not to waste it. I like the idea that they're going to raise teacher pay. Uh, The House and the Senate seem to have worked out a way to do that. We need to be at least at the southern average. Um, The most, this doesn't have to do with spending, but I I predict that the most far-reaching positive impact on Louisiana's future will be House Bill 12 by Richard Nelson. It just passed the Senate mm-hmm. after the Senate defeated it last year. What does it do? It basically says if you, you're not going to get out of the third grade until you can read. If you can't read after the third grade, mm-hmm. we're going to hold you back and give you intensive tutoring. And Mississippi did it. Florida did it. Other states have done it. If you can't read um, leaving the third grade, you've got no chance. And Richard got it passed. I congratulate him. I hope the governor signs it. If we have $1.6 in surplus, like they're talking about, I, the number changes all the time, 
Should we not prioritize some of the backlog of roads and bridges and projects in our state and beefing up our school security? Um, you know, things that are not recurring expenses. Shouldn't that be a priority? And, of course, saving money, too. Well, of course, you're right, Aaron. Um, but sometimes in, in the political process, logic has nothing to do with it. Um, I always got in a lot of trouble with state treasurer by preaching that you shouldn't match up one-time money with recurring revenue, that you ought to uh, try to prioritize your spending and spending, spend it, the money on things that you need the most. I would be very specific when I was state treasurer, and that, that made a lot of people mad, but I thought I was making the right people mad. The legislature says it has tried to do that. I don't. I can't comment on that one way or the other because I really haven't studied uh, their budget. But I, I hope that's what they've done. But it is a breathtaking amount of money. It's, I've never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. So, if you had the opportunity to say, "Look, this is what I suggest you do," what would be your suggestions on on the best way to spend? Well, this I money? would. I would. Uh, if I were king for a day, I would. I would raise teacher pay. Um, I would look at. Um, uh, ramping up spending for not just uh, uh, four-year-olds students to to kindergarten, but also for kids before they're four year four mm-hmm. years old to try to catch these youngsters early. I would try to figure out a way to reduce the cost of tuition in our colleges and universities. It's gotten ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And it's clear that the, the universities are not on their own going to do it. They just keep saying more and more money. And perhaps in some areas they do need more money. But somebody needs to take a good look at them. I would then take a look at our infrastructure needs, not just roads and bridges, but uh, water, Internet, um, coastal restoration, and uh, try to... to allocate scarce resources in a rational manner. Now, that's going to take leadership. Um, I don't think we have that leadership right now from Governor Edwards because he's a lame duck, and uh, 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 Governor Edwards is, in my judgment, a, a pretty, pretty, pretty left of center, and he has his own pet projects like everybody else does. Um, but that's what I would try to do. Senator John Kennedy, we and, I, and I, let me just say, and I would say, I would say as much of it as I could because yeah. uh, sure, this new sales tax is going to roll off, mm-hmm. and the legislature may not renew it. In which case, uh, we'll uh, we'll need the money. There are no stipulations, or are there stipulations on? Yes, you have to spend it all right now. Right, exactly. It's a good point. Well, well we you won't. don't have you don't have to spend it all right now, but. It's an election year. I understand the pressure on them to spend it. Um, I, I would just again caution them: don't, don't, please, don't waste it. Uh, this money didn't fall from heaven. We thank heaven for it, but it came from came from taxpayers. Well, we want you kinkle data, spot the trends, then make informed decisions and invest with confidence. Go to stockcharts.com and start your free trial today.
1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Wow, what a morning. Had a big day, yeah. What a morning. Good job. Mm -hmm. We have to remember today, of course, D-Day. Yes, Yes, Uh, thank you. Let's not forget June 6th, 1944. 79 years. Aaron, my grandfather fought on my dad. My dad's dad Mm -hmm. fought in World War II, Korea. Mm-hmm. And Vietnam. Well, you know, my father was at Okinawa. Yes, yes. Bronze Star Medal winner um, for rescuing fellow Marines. Um, so I, I get this this generation of folks. Whew, I get choked up when I start talking about these men. Oh. These were heroes. A 19-year-old on D-Day, 1944. Mm-hmm. Would if, if there are survivors, they're ninety eight years old, right? So we're losing we're losing yeah, yeah. These, our greatest generation at a, at a rapid pace. Uh, they did take a group back to Normandy mm-hmm. uh, today, as yes, a matter of fact. They are there today with some survivors. There are still some. You're I, going through. Uh, uh, Oh my God. Band of Brothers. I just went blank. Yes, my favorite yes. one of my I've got the boxed Blu-ray set. I always I watch go it through at Memorial it Day. Every year. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm gonna tell you that you Did know, you watch Pacific? Have you watched Oh yes. yes. Oh yes. It, to me it's it's good. They're doing a third one. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh good. It, okay. That's going to be focused on the Air Corps. Nice. From what I understand. Yes. I you know, I having grown up with a father who was in World War Two who fought at Okinawa, I can tell you, these guys, they never, he never spoke of it. Right. Neither did my grandfather. I had to literally, and you can see at keelnews.com, I literally had to go to the military website where you can request documents about your loved one who served, and they will send it to you. They will show you where he served, um, his rank when he served, when he got in, when he got out. And, oh, and I had awesome. to request that. You can find that link at keelnews.com. If you know someone who served in the military during World War II, maybe it's your grandfather and they're long gone, but they keep the records and they will send it out to you. And um, it was such a treasure to get it because mm, then I knew what yes. what Marine battalion he was in. And, you know, I can then go to books and look up that Marine battalion and that regiment, his company. Where were they? What were they doing? I mean, it just it reconnected me because he never spoke about it. Mm-hmm. He never mm-hmm. spoke about it. And so many of that generation just didn't. They went on and lived their lives. I told you a friend of mine left Saving Private Ryan, left the theater, drove to his parents house where his father was a surviving member he was an a medic on omaha beach first wave wow and he said he just hugged his dad because his dad never spoke about it they didn't quiet man they moved on they went and had kids and jobs and and careers and you know went to the baseball games they coached their kids football there were no snowflakes in that generation there were no snowflakes there were no if i could take one thing back don't let them all smoke like they did because <laughs> yeah. I lost 